0: crop for whatcom county could this be a big thing in the near future welcome back we continue the farming show here on kgmi news talk 790 i'm dylan honkoop no i'm not talking about hemp we've talked about hemp here on the program and i'm hoping in the next few weeks to actually talk more with a whatcom county hemp grower but that's not what we're talking about today you know, Whatcom County for so long has been dairy and berry and potato. And then there are a few other, you know, there's a little bit of beef. And back in the day, there was a lot of poultry and, you know, but talking about new crops and potentials there as, you know, the berry market's struggling. The dairy is back and forth. And there's some big question mark marks about the future of dairy in Whatcom County right now. What, you know, what else could we do here? I know there are a lot of people asking themselves that question right now. Some soul searching going on in Whatcom County Farming. We're out here today uh, at, well, a couple of different places, technically. I'm talking with Devin Day. He uh, is with Valley Farmstead Rabbits. And also working with his stepdad, Neil's Big Leaf Maple Syrup. So we could talk about both. Let's talk about the maple syrup first, though. People said it couldn't be done out here on the West Coast. You're saying, no, it can be done. And this could be a new huge crop for this area.
1: Absolutely. It is being done. We're doing it.
0: (laughs) Explain uh, how did this happen?
1: Well, uh, it my stepdad, Neil, he read a paper back, it was written, I think, in 1971 out of Oregon State University, and it talked about tapping big leaf maples. We had big leaf maples. He walked out, found out they were dripping. Big leaf
0: maples are like the maple trees we have here. Exactly. just kind of the native maple
1: tree. Native maple tree here in the Pacific Northwest, and they were dripping, and he collected some of the sap, boiled it down, and it tasted great, and... He's been doing that ever since so 2011 was kind of when he started, and we've been commercially making maple syrup uh, for about three years now.
0: So all of the maple syrup virtually is made back east. Correct. In this country, in Canada and the US. In the United States, there are
1: 200 gallons versus the 12 million gallons on the East Coast, 200 gallons made of West Coast maple syrup, (laughs) and I know that because we're the only ones that make it. So how is it different? Uh, it is, it's a little bit, the, the tree itself, you know, it's a different species. So you get, um, it's a, it's a little bit thicker. It comes out, tends to be a little bit darker. You get more of an amber hue to it. Um, but you get an extremely intense caramel, uh, hints of vanilla, and uh, if you can really, uh, you know, get your taste buds buds going, uh, you'll find little hints of coffee and uh, a few other flavors people have mentioned uh, in it. But the biggest one Sounds that like you get... Sounds like wine tasting it, 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 or whiskey or absolutely. coffee Absolutely. Because it's such a rare... I mean, it is the rare maple syrup. 200 gallons versus 12 million, <laughs> right? So... Um, you know, people do tend to, when they, when they understand how rare it is, it's more of a, like, you know, they, they approach it, not like they're going to pour it on their pancakes. They approach it like, uh, you know, it, it is a fine wine kind of thing. And, um, so it's it's definitely very flavorful it tends to be used uh, more with cooking applications than say your pancakes and waffles uh, it just has these really unique uh, flavor profiles so it's been very very popular with the restaurants in seattle uh, a few restaurants here in bellingham so
0: you just gave me a little taste test before we came on yes, the air here yes. and <laughs> i love it honestly i'm not always the hugest fan of your typical 100 maple syrup from back east this is i like it better the that yeah, stuff I, I like to hear that i'm gonna have to go <laughs> do some more back and you know side yep, by side yep. taste testing to figure out what that really is yep. but you're thinking this isn't just a unique thing that you guys are doing for 200 gallons a year this is a huge untapped market Explain it's a huge what huge
1: market um We have about 1,200 taps right now uh, on our main farm here in Acme, Washington. Um, We have our goal going into next year is about 10,000 taps. So during the off season, the season being it runs from if the weather cooperates from late November to early March. So we have a little longer season than they do on the East Coast. Um, but, uh, our goal during that off season, uh, is to get a lot more infrastructure out there. So
0: Devin Day with us right now here on the farming show out in Acme at, uh, Ma- Neil's big leaf maple syrup. He's al- he's also in the rabbit business. I want to mention that in a minute, but continuing on with the maple syrup thing here, you're saying you think these things could even be grown like raspberries oh absolutely so um they can be uh
1: planted and cropped kind of like you would like a raspberry crop in in rows and we've been uh working and doing a lot of testing with with smaller smaller Mm. trees so we have some some kind of proprietary things that we're working
0: on so so there yeah. is a potential here. It's not just like going out and finding the trees in the woods, which sounds like it's part of it. That the is already a big part of it. Living Absolutely. trees, yep. and you could go out and pull syrup from all kinds of the forest lands in this yep. county and yep. beyond. Yep. But then potentially even growing more trees, to growing Davis.
1: growing more specifically in in kind of structured row cropping, or I don't know what the raspberry growers call it, but yeah. Um, you know, and then just bringing it right back to your, um, your sugar shack and cooking it down. Um, the, the, you know, the, the price per acre is, is extremely, uh, viable to, uh, look at it as a, as a crop like that. So
0: even tell uh, me super low input as far as keeping that crop producing.
1: No fertilizer, no irrigation, no nothing. You don't need to do any these, these grow here naturally. So. Uh, you don't have to worry about them like you would uh, any sort of traditional crop. So,
0: And they can grow on wet ground, which is another problem. They with... can
1: grow with their feet wet, and they actually a lot of times prefer it. You tend to get quite a bit uh you know you get very good sap when you have a good maple grove along creeks and streams and things like that so
0: crazy stuff that i didn't even know was possible i always thought it had to do with the temperature and stuff back east too like wow well, it's got to be really cold and then it yep. warms up and that's when you get the sap or something something yeah so but we don't have a climate like that here
1: we have a little little mini one so uh, you know over there you'll get a huge cold stretch and then as the spring comes on you get the thaw and it's like okay that's your season you know it's it's go time right whereas here you know you get uh the little mini cycle so it's it's cold and then it warms up and then this it stops running until it gets cold again and then it runs once it thaws out so you get all these little mini waves amongst the larger
0: arc of the season so to speak so that cold actually affects the tree to cause it to produce the sap
1: correct so it will build its sugar content during that freeze. And then that thaw brings the sap up into the trees. And and, um, as it, the longer it stays warm, the more the sap starts to taper off. And as it tapers off, it starts to get a little more cloudy. It starts to uh, get, um, what would it, how would I put it? It's a little, so it starts off really clear Mm -hmm. and clean, and you get a lighter amber at the beginning of the run. And then as the days progress, and you continue to collect sap, you get darker and darker and darker because of, you know, the the minerals and the sap itself just starts to get a little bit more cloudy towards the end of the run.
0: Is that good or bad? I could see maybe there's more flavor to it, but maybe it gets to the um, point where it's not as easy to You know, manage. it's
1: it's a different flavor profile for each side. I, de- I actually prefer the darker, oddly enough. It's just, you know, um, a lot of the chefs that we work with like the darker, because it's not as sweet, but you you get um, you know just a lot more of those other flavor profiles coming mm-hmm. forward. Um, but you know, I I have to say I I don't complain with the <laughs> uh, lighter stuff either. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> this it's, is the yeah. farming show here on KGMI News Talk seven ninety out in Acme this morning, talking with Devin Day with Neil's Big Leaf Syrup. Neil is his stepdad, mm-hmm. who's Neil McLeod, right? Correct. And he's the one that that's kind of have been the the mastermind behind this obviously you're very involved and and the team here making this all happen as you guys just grow and grow and grow you're seeing a big benefit though for the environment in doing more of this kind of farming explain that
1: well Uh, because you don't need to, uh, actually cut the tree down, you know, you can continue to plant, you can, uh, it doesn't need irrigation. It's great for soil restoration. It's great for stream and, uh, you know, cooling streams. So it's great for salmon habitat. Um, and, uh, you know, the biggest part is to get the revenue out of the crop itself. You're actually pulling the sap out rather than killing the tree itself. Mm -hmm. Um, tapping the tree doesn't, doesn't harm it. Um, it's just like getting a little scab or something, you know, and it tends to heal. You can hardly even find the holes from the previous year. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's a recurring revenue. So these, these forests that we really hope to build and, and work on it's, you know, it's traditionally been considered a weed for the most part, you know, maple tree, maple tree. If you're a a large forester, um, they're, they're not any good to you, right. Mm -hmm. As an actual wood product. Um, and a lot of times they're getting poisoned for that. So, um, but the sap inside of those trees is extremely profitable. So um, when you combine that with the fact that you don't have to cut it down, you know, the leaves rebuild the soil every year, it provides shade for the streams, it can reduce the carbon, Um, you could plant millions and millions of maple trees and it would continue to provide a revenue source for hundreds of years, you know? You think
0: the market could absorb that amount of Syrup, I mean, with the east coast or not east coast, but eastern part of this continent producing so much of it already, is there? I think the
1: global demand we have a lot of friends out on the east coast that we talk to. Um, I mean, we didn't start this without you know having some friends kind of guiding and and places to you know have questions that you know because we started this from scratch, we didn't know anything, Mm -hmm. right. Um, so as we started to bring in commercial equipment, that all came from the East Coast. Everything we use is East Coast equipment. Um, you know, we've we've made a lot of friends and, and talked to a lot of folks and asked questions and you know, because we made a lot. It's been three years, but we've made plenty of mistakes. So. Um, this is something that I think is extremely viable, especially since, um, you know, there's a global market for maple syrup, you know, I mean, Quebec and, and, uh, the East coast and Vermont, they, they ship syrup all over the world. So I think that there's plenty of demand, um, mm. you know, or, or viability for, uh, what we're doing here. Are they so. not
0: growing back East? Are they just, um, no pun intended, tapped out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Their market specifically in terms of, you know, if they're planting more trees or how they're, you know, uh, they call them sugar bushes over there. That's Mm -hmm. a term nobody understands here. So (laughs) I don't call them that. Yeah. Um, It's I didn't understand it when I first heard it either. So I just call them maple groves. Um, It's something I don't have to explain people. Um, but I don't know how they manage it. I don't know if they plant trees, um, that sort of thing. I just kind of know what we're dealing with, um, over here and our deployment strategy is a lot different. Like, you know, over there you have these very large maple, uh, forests of, of these trees that, that they're tapping over here. Um, because we've had different forestry practices, you're kind of hunting for them more, um, and you know, discovering these really good patches and then taking advantage of them when you find them so but um we've been working and getting a lot of interest from uh, you know a lot of the local agencies uh universities and things like that so we've had a lot of conversations going because now that they're discovering it's viable and it's commercially desirable it changes the whole face of potential forestry um or at least adds another more options to the current forestry practices and, and where you can get revenue sources
0: from that yeah you said the UW. And WSU are both really interested in studying more on this. Yeah,
1: so UW uh, got a grant from, you know, that's uh, usually from the east side, because most of the studies done over there, there's never been anything over here, but... We had a an article that came out in Seattle magazine um, talking about the commercial aspects of what we're doing, and they used that as um, a case study to get the grant to study Mapling on the east coast or on the west coast. And uh, so we've been working with them, talking with them, and uh, WSU is also looking at a lot of aspects of it too. So um, yeah, it's been could, it's could, been interesting.
0: Could be a whole new kind of farming potential here For in Wycombe County and west kind coast of, forest farming. Well, yeah. <laughs> West coast that we've never really even thought about in a different way to have a revenue stream, even with a piece of property that maybe is partially farmed uh, for something else. Again, talking with Devin day, I, we're almost out of time. I all, I, other than talking about Neil's big leaf syrup, I also wanted to talk about your rabbits, which you have been doing for several years now, right? You sell years. Yeah. yeah, You sell rabbit for meat. Explain that in a nutshell real quick. How, (laughs) why do you do, how do you do that? Um, You
1: know, when I got into farming, I needed, I wanted something that was a little different. I needed a niche. And and so we started uh, connecting with a lot of high-end restaurants and there was a big demand for rabbit. And so we started growing rabbit and we've grown over, we started taking it really seriously about three years ago. And we have grown to about 20,000 pounds we deliver annually and we have demand for probably 50,000 pounds.
0: Why do you like raising rabbit so much? Uh i
1: you know that's a good question um it's one it's a very healthy protein source two uh the inputs required to do it are a lot smaller um i mentioned to you earlier that we used to raise uh beef cows and we had, you know, a couple hundred acres just for, you know, 50 head of cattle where to raise the same amount of meat production annually, we're doing it in about a third of an acre. Wow. So the impact um, and the footprint required to do it and the inputs are, are, are so different. And the price per pound is, you know, for, for beef um we're getting about four times the yeah. price we were getting yeah. for beef so
0: what i realized on my way out here was i've never actually had rabbit before not that i have anything against it but well I've i'll never... have to send you with one what, <laughs> what is it ta- what does it taste
1: like you know it it tastes a lot of people will say it tastes like chicken i would have to agree if if i made like a pot pie or i made a, a fried rabbit or you know uh, just like a fried chicken kind of thing i don't think you would even notice mm. um very it's a softer like when you eat chicken you know how it can be kind of stringy and Mm -hmm. and um rabbit tends to be a little bit softer um when when you're eating it so it's I actually I like it better, but it's a very clean protein, very high quality. Um, it's it's a higher. There's more protein in rabbit than any other, you know, beef, pork, chicken. Um, less calories, less cholesterol. So um, it's very popular too with people who have like autoimmune diseases and things like that. So um, yeah,
0: you mentioned to me too that that market <laughs> just keeps growing. There's demand it, yes. for more than double what you guys yeah. can even produce right now.
1: Yeah, I just got a call from a big buyer in Los Angeles that said they are. Dead dying, the restaurants in there are dying for a really high-quality rabbit that they just can't find. And the people you know, the people who tend it, rabbits aren't really a commercial product right now. You have some really big, um, places that, that do rabbit, but they're, they're not, there's a lot of demand for improvement in the rabbit market. And that's mm. something that we really focused on was raising a really high quality, uh, good husbandry, you know, high quality rabbit. And, uh, it's, it's done really well because of all of the considerations we've done with building the platform. So.
0: Devin Day with Valley Farmstead Rabbits, as well as Neil's big leaf maple syrup you guys are doing some cool unique stuff out here very cool to to visit you out here in acme thanks so much for yeah, having me on the farm
1: it. awesome